five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Back in the uh, icy fjords in the Great White North. It could be the Great White South. I mean, this could be maybe passage between Antarctica and uh, Argentina, but I don't think so. It's the Great White North. Anyway, welcome. If you're here from uh, Astro Weather, we're uh, happy to have you. On 15 minutes of flame that was heaven 17 we don't need no fascist groove thing uh clearly that was done after their their heyday which was mm, not as much of a heyday as they probably wanted you know heaven 17 comes out of that uh the kind of electronic period you know, this kind of weird electronic sort of new romantic um, crossover that was happening in England, late 70s, early 80s. And I talked about them last week. Um, the Human League were were much bigger. And in fact, they those guys were actually part of the Human League, the synthesizer players. And then they split off and they got Glenn Gregory, who's the bald-headed guy, although when he was younger, he had uh, more hair, <laughs> but um, he, he, the Human League, those two albums that the Human League put out were huge, ab- absolutely huge. I was a big fan of the uh, Human League. They, they actually have a song about the death of John Kennedy. It's called Seconds. Really interesting. Um, so they come out of the whole Sheffield uh, electronic music scene. and. They're relatively successful. They don't have any huge hits. Not compared to to uh, Human League and and orchestral maneuvers in the dark, who were much bigger. And OMD, I don't know what OMD was like in England, but they were they were really big um, in the states. And then, of course, you have sort of later iterations of this whole kind of electronic rock fusion. Um, you have Flock of Seagulls, who are huge. Uh, Gary Newman, who is huge. Um, and then on the kind of the more new romantic tip, where everything gets smoothed out and uh, for, for all the um, pop, pop accolades in record sales, you have uh, Spandau Ballet, uh, ABC, that whole kind of, you know, sort of blue-eyed soul overlay on top of the electronic sounds but the heaven 17 never really 
um, got their due in a lot of ways. They're an interesting band and groundbreaking in terms of electronics. Now that song is referring to what was going on politically with Reagan and, you know, they're growing up in Thatcher, England, and they're seeing that, uh, you know, that England is following in the footsteps of the United States in this ramp up of armature and ideology. And what's, what's interesting is that um, the U S and the UK are involved in their kind of, you know, strange little incursions in the UK. It's the Falkland Islands, which is a, kind of a big deal. If you ever want to, um, if you ever have any time in your hands and you want to, you know, try to understand piece of history, check out the, the, you know, the war between Argentina and England over the Falkland Islands. It is really a trip. Really, really a trip. Um, so, Anyway, they were looking at Reagan in this, you know, the, the English have always been very wary of this whole idea of fascism as, as it's been promoted uh, since the end of World War II, because, you know, clearly there are visible scars that were left on the English landscape, both physically and, and, and psychologically. Uh, due to World War II and all the bombings and everything that happened as a result of that. So they have a deep inborn sense of survival when any, when they see anything that resembles fascism in the way that they know fascism, right? Um, they just, you know, go right to calling it out or they're, they're, looking for the antidote for many of the English, the antidote was communism because the communists were the ones that defeated the fascists, right? It's kind of, it's kind of like, uh, you know, tapping big brother on the shoulder. Hey, you beat that guy up last time. Can you beat him up again? And, and so we see this in uh, English kind of historical evolution pieces where you have a lot of spies in England in their <clears throat> the most famous of course is uh, Kim Philby and but there's others and their job was to sell information to the Soviets and some of them did it because well it curried favor with the Soviets but they also really believed in the Soviets they believed that the Soviets were the best antidote to fascism. So you have this really interesting allegiance towards uh, socialism and communism, you know, inside of the UK psyche. But I think that the definition of fascism has changed. So I agree that there is fascism, but uh, power shapeshifts and takes on many different guises. So what represented fascism to the English in the late 70s and early 80s looks very different than the face of fascism now. So that's just my my two cents around it. Uh, and it's 
going to be interesting over the generations. Although you look at what's happening in England and Ireland and Scotland and, you know, their culture is being obliterated. It's being obliterated by the so-called migrant crisis. So they may not even, you know, have the, the uh, cultural and historical reference points 15 to 20 years from now to even begin to address things like the, the shape-shifting nature of fascism. So even that is kind of an antiquated notion in a lot of ways. Anyway, um, I decided to play that. I was going to play something else. I was going to play some Thomas Dolby, but I felt like since we played Heaven 17 last week and it's kind of in alignment with today's show, why not? Why not turn up the volume on Fascist Groove? Thing? How is everybody? Uh, welcome to 15 Minutes of Flame. I'm going to be here until uh, 1041 Central Standard Time. And we're going to look at this ongoing crisis of what feels like a very intentional series of events being perpetrated against the American people. And I know that might set off a lot of flags around paranoia. Um, so be it. You know, if that's how you interpret it, so be it. When things happen, once one event is an accident, two events are coincidence. Three events are conspiracy, and we're way past three. So we're going to go down this rabbit hole a little bit, kind of get you updated on the latest collateral damage happening here. And there's also a few other things I'm going to try to weave into today. I watched a, an interesting video from a few years ago with uh, on Joe Rogan. And I'm going to see if I can locate that video. Um, and I'm going to try to put some context around it and loop it and bring it back and make it pertinent to our, our discussion today around, you know, it's because it's really easy to say, okay, well, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. I mean, the map is there. We're seeing these things happen in real time. And even before real time, you know, I've been getting a lot of uh, people sending me a variation of the same story and clip about these rail cars in California that have uh, sensibly are filled with some kind of fuel. And they're all just sitting there adjacent to farmland. Why? You know, it's like, it's like putting a big pile of bricks at an Antifa slash Black Lives Matter um protest right it's the same idea so we're gonna we're gonna look at some of those things and uh bring them to the surface and of course the aerial view of the map of east palestine and everything that's going on there it's just it's you know if if all of this is true and i don't see why it wouldn't be then that area is uh in crisis 
And it's not just the people, you know, that is a huge, huge green belt, a huge series of uh, rivers and creeks and wells and aquifers. I mean, this is a major part of the water system in that area and downstream. And we all know this, right? We've all done the math on it. And apparently, what did I read? Like, uh, for any individual, like the, the most dioxin they should have over the course of their lifetime is like something like half a gram or something like that. Like, that's it's about as much as your body can take. And then after that, it's uh, not good. Not good at all. So we're going to get into that today. I'm going to try. I'm going to start. I'm going to get into the, I think this Rogan video, I'm going to talk a little bit about it because I think it's, it's an interesting point of discussion. And um, like I said, I'll loop it back into the larger overall conversation. The other thing that I, I want to get into, maybe I'll try to get into it tomorrow and the next day. Um. But Steve Letro brought up this whole thing around the donut. And um, I think he called it the donut principle. But it led me into exploring something called the donut economy. And that was a rabbit hole, man. I went right through the donut hole. And I want to talk more about it, but I'm not going to do that today because it took me into an area that was um, revelatory, to say the least. So I might get into that tomorrow and on Thursday to try and try to break away a little bit from reacting and responding to the news, although, you know, this is what's on the table. Uh, so the next couple of days might be a bit of a departure. And of course, there's probably going to be something that will grab our attention. And I have to address it because if I don't address it, somebody else will address it. And why didn't you talk about this? Which I get from time to time. I don't only have uh, so many hours in the day. <laughs> All right, let's um, let's check in with. Here, let's do this. Let's do a little uh, true ham science, little visualization. Of the hempanization. Oh man, look at this. I got to do uh I got to put my DOB I got to be old enough to jump in here. Good safeguard, Chris. Excellent safeguard. All right, here we go. True Hemp Science powers my day and my night. I start off with moon dust and my coffee, and I end it with the sleep gummy. And uh, throughout the day, if I'm feeling like I need a little pick-me-up, I'll zap with a little 19. And you know, these are the tools that I use. And I'm going to do the BCAA, or uh, I'm going to do that. I just haven't, I went to, the, you know what? I went to the store yesterday, and I didn't get the distilled water. That's on my list. Next 24 hours, get distilled water so I can do this. And I'm going to try it out. 
and um, I'll give you my results from having the BCAA as a regular part of my dietary regimen. Anyway, um, so many products here that are available for you, including the hemp products, uh, fulvic acid, uh, hemp products for you, for your pets. And when you purchase from True Hemp Science, you're supporting, you're supporting Main Street. That's what you're supporting. You're not supporting the major conglomerate. And I know that there are a lot of budding um, entrepreneurs and business people who are in the hemp space, in the CBD space. So there's plenty of options for you to choose from. And I'm sure some of them are quite good. Uh, my personal experience is that this is the best product that I've had. And it's not just me, but there are other people who are uh, return customers. And, and more than more than once, we're talking twice, three times. So the proof is in the pudding, as they say. If you're interested, you can go to uh, truehemscience.com. And uh, when you check out, just type in 15MINS. And if you spend $100 or more, you'll get free product. And $150 or more, and you get free shipping. So if you want to try some CBD and you're not sure what to get, you can actually pick up the phone and call Chris. He'll talk to you and he'll give you uh, his best recommendation for whatever it is that uh, you want to address. All right. Let's talk Chataria. Let's see who's here today. It's been a while, Chataria. I didn't even get to say hi to a lot of people over on Sunday night because Darlena was there. We jumped right in. All right. Who do we have? There is my man, Michael. What's going on? DJMC. Tomas is here. Mark M. My astrological brother from another mother. Boom, boom, baby. Zelensky and Biden need to get a room. God, it's like creepy. Totally creepy. Hucklebuck 411. What's going on, Huck? Double B, Beth Berry. She's her. Harriet Bowie. Hi, Harriet. Happy Shrove Tuesday. Right back. Let's hope we don't have the ultimate boom booms coming when the bright, with the bright white light. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. User 13, checking in. What's going on, user 13? Good morning. Sony. Hi, Sony. There's Janine. Hi, Janine. PMSO. LLC. What's going on? Carolina in the Pines. Sea Pines. That was a groovy song, wasn't it? There she is. Fantastic. CC Jones. Hi, Fran. Good to see you here. This song. I know. People loathe. Right? I mean, it's in there. It's totally in there. Reagan was hated. You know, I saw this uh, interview with Jello Biafra yesterday. And... It was from about six years ago. And it's amazing how all the punks just became so fucking flaccid. And they just kind of morphed into like the progressive liberal thing, right? Like if you're a real punk, if you're a real punk, you would have been into Trump. It's the bottom line. That's what punk does. Like punk is uh, the contrarian and there's nothing about Jell and Biafra that is even remotely contrarian. 
not even remotely contrarian. All right, who else do we have? Uh, D Tiffer, hey, what's going on, darling? Good to see you. Welcome to the show. Think, uh, hola, Lynn. Kelly B's here. What's happening, Kelly B? Lisa W. Good morning, back at you. One AI just add water, makes its own sauce. Here's my man, Steve Thor at the door. Steve, we got to catch up, man. We got to catch up. Is today Mardi Gras? Is today Mardi Gras day? Is that, are we there already? Or is this, this is, this is Fat Tuesday, right? Wow. We're on our way to Easter. Springtime. 2023 will be over before we know it. Then we're on to 2024. We've just been in the same year since 2020. We're just looping the same year. Hanging laundry, hanging out. Gigi. What's happening, Gigi? Them calling it seconds. I know what happened to him. Let's see who else do we have. Uh, Lena. Hi, Lena. We're in Fredericksburg, Texas until tomorrow. Oh, how about that? I was in Fredericksburg yesterday. Actually, I'm technically in Fredericksburg. Come on up here. Let's go. Come on. Assume the position in the crown. Jasper's in the crown. Oh, are you, are you coming out of the crown? Want to say hi to everybody? Want to say hi? Here he is. The Astro Cat is here. Where were you this morning? On the Astro Weather, huh? Where were you? You were taking the morning off. You're back now, aren't you? Yeah. Are you getting your crown? Are you looking at everybody? You're putting a spell on. He's looking right into the damn camera. You are too aware. Assume the position. Yeah, I know. Um, I actually hung out with uh, a couple of Chatarians yesterday in Fredericksburg. Oh, you you want the you want the touch. You want the touch. Okay. Uh had a great time. Very, very cool couple. Um, actually uh, doesn't live that far away. And yeah, we've met before and hung out before, but oh, it's always great to go 3D, honestly. Uh, SJ, a stranger, you're talking about all these 80s bands. So I was just discussing all these with my 20-year-old daughter who loves the music I love. Yeah, I think that's, you know, I went through the 70s and I was mining the 70s over the summer with Yacht Rock. People keep asking me, are you going to do another Yacht Summer? I don't know. I don't like to repeat myself. You know, and I mind a lot of those yacht classics. I might do a yacht month during the summer. I might have to dip into the Little River Band in Orleans and a bunch of other bands that I didn't really want to play. But it's doable. It's doable. So I, I'm in kind of that early, that late 70s, early 80s crossover mood. So we'll see what else is in there for us. Uh, Gigi, I have Neptune in my fifth house. Only thing in it, actually. Even know the significance of that? Mm, yes, you're an artist. That's artistic. I think Neptune fifth house can be a really uh, great placement for art. You may not be able to do it professionally, but you should not sleep on it as a passion or something that keeps you alive. 
uh, children are very interesting with Neptune in the fifth. You know, when I run across people who are adopted as clients, I try to find like this common thread with adoption. Neptune in the fifth might qualify for something like that. Um, there's also the twelfth house. Uh, Neptune maybe in the second in the in the fourth house, and then there's the twelfth house connection. But I haven't been able to find enough commonality through people that I have worked with who are adopted to say these are the adoption aspects. But I would think that Neptune in the fifth might fall into that category. And as far as children goes, uh, that could be an aspect where you can adopt a child. I did have a client who had um, South Node Neptune conjunction in the fifth house. And when Saturn hit her South Node and Neptune, she was she was pregnant and she was kicking heroin. And she gave her kid up for adoption. She was pregnant. And she gave her kid up for adoption. And that was clearly a Neptune fifth house. But then she had uh, the South Node there, too. Interesting story. That was a very interesting story. Leela, what's happening? Love it. Precious humans. Hi, Leela. We're glad you're here. Leela and Lena. Yes, TJ, we pass this house often. We are here a lot. We ran away from Louisiana for the week. Gets busy for Mardi Gras. But it was crazy. I know the, the the town was packed. Totally packed. Uh let's see who else we have. Weird science. That's only go boingo territory. Uh, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they aren't about to get you. At this point, it doesn't seem paranoid at all. I know, right? Paranoia is like pain. It tells you something is wrong. You guys are so smart. Biting to, going to Ukraine really frosted me. Isn't that what they want? Isn't that part of the plan? Isn't that part of the plan? We'll send all the money to Ukraine. We'll take care of the, the pensions for the Ukrainians. Americans, you get nothing. Nothing. Biden will go to Ukraine, but he won't go to East Palestine. That's all by design. So what do you do with it? You get angry. Anger is not a... Um, I don't think anger is an unhealthy response. Anybody who has any sense of morality and justice and righteousness, we get angry. That's the appropriate response. Then what do you do with your anger? See, that's the big thing. What do you do with it? You bottle it up. Does it become bitter and corrosive inside of you if you don't have an outlet for it? See, that's the issue. Anger is not the problem. It's the um, expression of anger or the lack thereof. That's the problem. And society has so many safeguards around checks and balances. Gatekeepers 
around anger and the expression of anger. Oh, you're hateful. You're hateful. You're toxic. I can't be around you. And those are people who are not in touch with their anger. Doesn't mean that they're not angry. Oh, they're, they're plenty angry, but they're just not in touch with it. That's a challenge, right? We see these things, and what do you do with it? This is how diseases fester inside of us, the unresolved expression of um, valid emotional response in a lot of ways. So then let's say you detach yourself, you're not angry, or you might be angry, but you detach yourself from the anger. That's a strategy. That is a strategy. Is it the best strategy? What does that do? Can it breed indifference? Sure it can. Then all these things happen and you just sit back and you just watch it. And you say, well, if I go there and engage emotionally, I'm going to get angry. I'm not going there. And it's almost as if you're giving these forces permission to continue to do what they do. Now we're in a real conundrum, aren't we? Then there's the forgiveness route. That might be um, healing and redemptive. And if you can truly get there, right, truly, truly get there, it might be the absolute best strategy. But that takes work. It takes work. It takes belief. Um, and that belief is something that theoretically should be embedded in every single aspect of your life and not just forgiving uh, these cretins who want to make life hell for people. I mean, it's across the board. So that's another strategy. And it's more than a strategy. It's, it's really um, a life, to be honest with you. Then I suppose you could redirect the anger and do something in your eyes that's meaningful and or useful. Whatever that is, right? Like, you, you know, sometimes, I mean, if you go back and you look at you know, all the hatred for Reagan during that time, what did, what did people do? They started bands and they started these uh, political, you know, screeds and, and uh, they sung these political screeds and they were doing something with their anger, right? They were punk and it gave them the ability to express something or you can create art. You could create a collage or, you know, you can work this stuff out in ways where you can release some of the emotion. And maybe perhaps it can have an impact on others. One of the reasons I do this is for that reason, because it gives me the opportunity to work through some of these things along with you. In many regards, this is my therapy um, and other things as well. So we all have to define what our relationship will be 
to these things that are happening to us in our lives. And I don't think anger is an inappropriate response. Uh, let's see who else do we have. Crema, what's going on, Christine? Hanging is too good for that motherfucker. Biden, Joe, needs to be injected with every COVID vaccine and booster at the same time, then disemboweled, then drawn and quartered. Now, there is somebody who's in touch with their anger. Should just tell those people to start their own show. I think there's some there's some truth to that. Oh, those people. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I think we're all out of bubblegum. Great quote, Gigi. Uh, KK, Catherine Kramer, what's happening? Lila, you're welcome. All the punks and alt rockers turned into carjack salesmen. I know, right? Except for Johnny Rotten, who is the Trump fan and anti-carjack along with right said Fred, which is weird, but good for them. The other guy that's in there is uh, Ian Brown from the Stone Roses. Who's written songs about chemtrails and digital ID. Ian Brown knows the score. Real punks wouldn't be into the, into government. Pure. Hey, Cheyenne Jules here. What's going on, Cheyenne? Definitely not. Follow, follow. I know the whole, the whole punk thing is just weird and how they all turned out to be these establishment fucking goons. I was in the uh, Berkeley uh, post office one time with uh, Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day in Berkeley. They would always have this really long line. You have to take a number. You have to wait. They were nice people at that post office. I liked them. Um. And he was sitting next to me with his wife. And they both looked bored as fuck. Rocky. Uh, let's see. Hucklebuck brings up a little interesting news tidbit. Why did East Palestine or Palestine launch my ID emergency service to surveil biometrics one week before the Ohio train derailment? Another very good question. Why? Seems to me like maybe they might have known something or at the very least um, known uh, whatever it is they needed to know, like part of the Manhattan Project, because they would get money to do that. This is what happens with these cities. Yeah, we'll pay you, you know, we'll give you $50,000 to launch this thing. Oh, really? Yeah. We get to, you know, help your people monitor you know what's going on with them physically real time oh sounds great yeah need to know basis only the other part you don't need to know is something's going to happen here and then we get to surveil what's going to happen um let's see jasper looks out of sorts <laughs> he's fine he's fine oh i'm still trying to uh still trying to bring uh, peachy downstairs she doesn't want to leave the upstairs i leave the door open i'm trying to move her food so she wanders further and further out of her uh, little room up there but it feels like a new version of the bbc series upstairs downstairs with with jasper and peachy 
Um, let's see. Who else we have? Kelly B, legally adopted by my grandparents. I should look at your chart, Kelly. That's interesting. Uh, let's see who else we have. Maria Deange. Bonjour. Bonjour, Maria. Checking in from Nice. Uh, anger is good fuel. Yeah, I don't have a problem with anger. Quit supporting the system. Quit paying your damn taxes. You know, I agree with you. And at this point, I don't think it matters. If everybody stopped paying their taxes, what would they, they would just print more funny money. That's all they would do. That's all they, that's all they would do. They, they would just counterfeit the system even more. But I, in spirit, I agree with you, Christine. Mighty love. What's your thoughts on the pres on signing our rights over to who for emergency pandemic control? My thoughts on it are uh, not good. The who, uh, the UN. I'm going to, I'm going to try to touch on that um, at a deeper level tomorrow with this whole donut economy and how the donut economy or the donut economic theory is tied to the World Health Organization. I'm going to get into that tomorrow. So that's just the, you know, the formal um, signing, right? That's the formal signature. But the philosophical um, corpus for the whole thing needs to be autopsied and looked at. So we'll try to go deeper tomorrow. Mighty, thanks for bringing that up. Uh, no forgiving these crimes. I'm I'm with you on that. Uh, Harriet says the Scorpio stellium will forgive, yet I do not forget. That's true. I'm with you on that. SP Dimples, what's going on, SP? Welcome to the show. Miss Nakia is here. She's with us. Let's see. Who else do we have? Anybody new? Did I say hi to Hanging Laundry? I think we're caught up. All right, good. Make sure the cats have ways to comfortably hide from each other. Oh, they do. Trust me. All right. Um, so let's get into the meat of the show. Even though you, when I love it when you guys, a lot of people say, oh, all he does is talk to chat. It brings up interesting points of discussion because you guys are so smart and so switched on that you will bring up things that are worth commenting about. I don't, I don't think it's filler or fluff. It's an important part of the show. All right. I want to, I want to, do something here and i'm not gonna play the entire video in fact i may not even play it at all but i am going to reference it 
Um, It's a 26-minute clip that I watched. That Hold on a second. So it's a it's a 26-minute clip from I think you know one of Joe Rogan's very long interviews. And uh, the person that he interviews is um, Dakota Meyer. And Dakota Meyer, I believe, is a, a Marine won the Medal of Honor. Um, I think they made um, the movie out of him, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. But there's that movie with Mark Wahlberg. I think it's based on him. Um, so he was on... Uh, here, let me just read his uh, bio here. Let me just get into the civilian personal life. Um, well, he was married to Sarah Palin's daughter. That's weird. That I didn't know. <laughs> Excuse me. So maybe they, um, maybe it's another person that they made that movie, that Mark Wahlberg movie out of. Um, here's his brief bio. Dakota Lewis Meyer, born June 26, 1988, is a former United States Marine, a veteran of the war in Afghanistan. He was awarded the Medal of Honor for his actions during the Battle of Ganigal on September 8th, 2009 in Kunar Province. Afghanistan, Meyer's second youngest living Medal of Honor recipient and the third living recipient for either the Iraq War or the war in Afghanistan and the first living United States Marine in 38 years to be so honored. Um, he was born and raised in Columbia, Kentucky, the son of Felicia Carroll Ferry, Kelly Gilliam, and Michael Allen Meyer. In 2006, after graduating from Greene County High School, he enlisted in the United States Marine Corps. At a recruiting station in Louisville, Kentucky, and completed boot camp at the Marine Corps Repo Depot, Recruit Depot in Paris Island. He was deployed uh, to Fallujah in 2007. Um, so he becomes involved in this uh, ambush. And this is where he has to uh, rescue these uh, these guys who were, who were shot and killed. And he you know, he sees war uh, firsthand. Uh, a year after the Battle of, uh, I guess it's Ganyal, G-A-N-J-G-A-L. After drinking at a friend's house, Meyer attempted to commit suicide using a Glock pistol kept in his truck's glove compartment. The gun was not loaded. Meyer later sought help for post-traumatic stress disorder. So he gets all these, he gets all these honors. Um, and on December 14, 2011, McClatchy News published an article which questioned the actual number of lives Meyer saved. The article explained that accounts leading to Medal of Honor awards are frequently inaccurate, and that in Meyer's case, crucial parts of the Marine Corps publicized were untrue, unsubstantiated, or exaggerated. 
At the same time, the article emphasized Meyer, by all accounts, deserved this nomination. That is not <clears throat> out of the ordinary, by the way. You know, Audie Murphy, who is known as like the greatest hero in World War II, when you read Audie Murphy's like biography, you're like, how the fuck did this guy do all this? How did he do all this? How did he manage to make all these kills and become this um, super soldier, really? And then in the wake of World War II, Audie Murphy becomes a movie star. And they put him in war movies, and they put him in westerns, and he's always the hero. He's always the hero. And it's almost like... Let's promote this dude. Let's promote this idea of, you know, what it's like to do these things and to be an American and to um, sacrifice your body. But don't worry, you'll be Audie Murphy. You'll be fucking Audie Murphy. And um, and then I got, so I got into Audie Murphy a little bit and I started to unpack sort of another part of his life, which is post-war and he's involved in some pretty scandalous shit, actually. And who was it? It was that the that Michael David Steele uh, bus trip tour from hell uh, a few years ago, and they were here in the Hill Country, and they they were all it was like the last kind of hurrah for you know that that uh, ill fated freedom tour, whatever that thing was. And we were there, and Lee Dundas, who I have a real hard time with. I don't really care for her for a number of reasons. You know, she started quoting Audie Murphy. I'm like, why are you quoting Audie Murphy? If you really look into Audie Murphy, you, you'll, you'll be highly, highly suspicious of all the claims that were associated with Audie Murphy. And even... Later in his life, his, you know, he got into serious financial trouble and, you know, was involved with very dubious characters. Bad choice, Lee Dundas. Anyway, um, I think these, these things happen a lot when it comes to people. He may have killed two or three guys. Who knows what he did? I mean, clearly something happened. Did they embellish things? More than likely. That's not re really why I'm bringing this up. Let me, let me show you why I'm bringing this up. And then we're going to circle back and bring it into kind of where we are now. And hopefully connect the dots. So this is the, uh, the interview. If you want to look at it, I'll leave a, a clip. As the, the link is right there at the top. Um. And he talks about killing this guy with a rock. And some of the things that he says are, are, are pretty profound in a lot of ways, but there are other things that he says, and even things that Rogan says, I'm like, hold on here. Uh, can we pump the brakes on this for a minute? And Joe Rogan says, do you think that we need another 9-11 so people can get in touch with their patriotism and feel what this country is really about and really like? 
And uh, Dakota Meyer says, uh, we need another 912, meaning that we need the response of the Americans post 9-11. Like that was some fucking valid response, really? You know, and Rogan just goes along with the story, doesn't say anything to the contrary. So what I wanted to do is um, I wanted to look at a lot of these quotes here, or a lot of these comments. For those who don't know, this man was awarded the Medal of Honor. My brother was a Marine. He lost several friends. I don't hate him. I didn't even know this guy. What a legend. The wisdom this man has is incredible. I met this man today. He is still the same. He never mentioned his Medal of Honor or his story. He cares. And his feelings are true. Dakota absolutely nailed it. What it's like in combat. You see humanity at its worst. Best often just moments apart. I'm a vet. Joined when I was 17. My older brother in the Army, right? Blah, blah, blah. All this stuff. Being from Chicago, hearing the conversation makes me look, realize how ridiculous lack of respect for life is in this. I mean, there's some context here. A pure gentleman and warrior. He seems so balanced, and I pray for his horrid combat experiences don't haunt him. 26 minutes and 50 seconds we all need to see. So powerful to watch him describe what he went through. Man, when he said, if I can find a way to relate to him in that moment, we can all find a way to relate to each other. Truer words have never been spoken. This man did his job in the moment and has struggled to cope with that I respect. What he is saying is so profound. I mean, all these things are, they're just all kind of, I've watched this interview a few times now. Dakota makes so many good points about outlook and everyday life. Also in the military, people like him make me proud to be an American. So this is the most emotional thing I ever experienced on YouTube. It's all dudes. It's all dudes. And I realized when I read this, war is a way for men to express their emotions. Women express their emotions quite a bit. And there's this whole uh, kind of debate going on. Oh, that's feminine. Right? That's feminine. Jason Whitlock talks about it. That's feminine. Those are those are female expressions or female emotions. And the feminization of the masculine that is taking place in our culture. And he's not wrong, by the way. So where can men show their emotions? Here, this is where they show their emotions. And I'm in the one area where men can show their emotions, it gets in the fucking way of the experience. Pardon my language. So I'm going to bring this, I'm going to try to loop this thing back. Lasso it back, right? Love, admiration, emotion, courage, brother. Men are in their emotions here. They're not asking the question, why the fuck was he there in the first place? Why? Because an event happened on 9-11, and that event was used against the American people to hustle us into overseas conflicts from that point forward. And if you don't think Ukraine is part of that continuum, you're not, you're not doing the math. Ukraine is clearly a part of that continuum. 
None of these men, they're well-meaning men, by the way, they're not asking the right question. Why was he there? Even Rogan doesn't ask the question. And theoretically, he should know more. This guy just might be in the swamp of his PTSD. And he can't ask that question. Project for a new American century. Don't let a good crisis go to waste. Yeah, we uh, they have uh, rods and yellow cake. They got them from Najir. Oh, yeah, right. Remember that? Rumsfeld, Colin Powell, lying. Weapons of mass destruction, lying. It was some guys with a couple of hours of flight lessons and box cutters that did all this lying. And in the trauma of that situation, stunned, shocked, immobilized, people are reprogrammed. This is what happens. So you have this fellow, who knows if it was his um, response to what happened. Who knows? Maybe he just felt like it was his duty as an American to go after the people that uh, threatened our freedom. You know, the same guy that had ties to the Bush family, the same family that got flown out of the United States one day after 9-11 when all flights were grounded. That guy. Nobody in that comment section mentioned any of this. This is why we're having our issues right here. Because the war is home now. Right, We're dealing with the war at home. He's dealing with the war at home. He brought the war with him. He's at war with himself. And now we have the war here. And it's because we've been asleep at the wheel. Everything has been out there. The Afghanis, the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, ISIS. Saddam Hussein, Muammar Gaddafi. Well, all that's happening. What's happening here? So this is a war on a number of fronts. That stuff, that's all military industrial complex related uh, plunder, right? It's plunder. Military industrial complex, uh, you know, Big, big oil, that's all part of it. Libya, huge oil producer. A lot of people don't remember that. Libya has lots. Why do you think they were so fucking rich? Why do you think uh, Gaddafi had all these plans? He had plenty of resources. Who's in charge of those resources now? Iraq. Iraq's a really big oil producing country, especially in the southern part. Who's running that now? Syria, northern Syria, lots of oil. Oh, who captured 
you know, that large oil producing facility in northern Syria. You see where all this is going, right? So big oil is this where we got to go. We, we have to capture these countries and capture their oil producing um, output. But also the military industrial complex profits immensely because of everything associated, weapons, munitions, infrastructure, it's all related, right? So these are the people pushing the wars. This is what's happening. So then we pull out of Afghanistan, we leave all that stuff behind. And you think it's a coincidence that we just fire up the war machine again and we have a proxy war in Ukraine? No, there's no coincidence at all. It's part of the same continuum. And who are the people that push this thing? Well, the 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 uh, the ideologues or the neocons. You know, it's the neocons and Bill Crystal and uh, uh, the Potteritz family and the Kagan family. We've gone down this rabbit hole before, and the Kagans they're they're up to their freaking follicles in this shit. And in in Ukraine, they just shifted their brain trust from Afghanistan and Iraq to Ukraine. Of course, Vicki Newland, who is the wife of a Kagan, she's, you know, she was the one that ran the coup in Ukraine, which really got this all started. And now, of course, you have Kimberly Kagan and um, Robert Kagan. They're there and they are supplying military strategy. Oh, that's what they do. They did it in Afghanistan. They worked with the Pentagon. They worked with these military industrial complex countries. And that's what's happening. It's all part of the same continuum. However, while we were sleeping and looking at everything out there, now we're vulnerable. Our infrastructure is vulnerable. As a people, we're vulnerable. So he brought the war home, right, just internally. And because we've been so fixated on these external conflicts that our ability to monitor what's happening internally has been clearly um, compromised. And that's what's happening now. Now we are dealing with this uh, fifth-generational asymmetric theater of conflict which seems very much like it's being used for a number of reasons we we went into it last week where we look at the states that are divesting from uh, blackrock and how a lot of these events seem to relate to those states and or the states around them where downstream or downwind the catastrophe um, will impact those states is that a coincidence i don't think so we looked at the impact of, of uh, COVID and how it drained the workforce of people that were competent being replaced by incompetent people and the chaos that ensues as a result of the systems collapse. It's a part of it. So we're just, we're looking at, you know, sort of the chessboard here and why these things, you know, why these things are happening the me the the mechanisms be and it's never just one reason you know when you get into like a 
a major crisis, we'll use the operative word like a false flag. Um, it's almost certain that more than one agenda is being met. Right? You want to get the most bang for your buck out of these things if you're if you're going to uh, plan them, right? So we could just kind of go down the list, the grocery list, you know, check that, check that, check that, check that. Yep. This is what's happening. So again, the reason I started to talk about that was not really about the guy. You know, he's he's kind of a pawn, right? And you know, you're in the you're in that that theater of conflict, you're doing everything in your power to just to survive and get out of there. And hopefully, if you're uh, fueled by you know, some ideology, whether it's the country, freedom, your brothers, you got to have a raison d'etre to get your ass out of there and pull together, right? So it's not really his fault per se, but the comments, it's the comments. That's where we fall short. And I get it. They want to support him. It's a way for men to be emotional. But if you really wanted to dig down, you'd ask the question, why is he there in the first place? Who put him there? And are those people that put him there involved in other areas that compromise our well-being? Those are the questions that should be asked. And I don't really blame these guys per se. Because in many ways, in their own lives, they're trying to find some meaning. They're trying to make sense. And this is this is like three years ago before a lot of this shit happened. When did this come on to Brogan? Three years ago. You know, fast forward now, I'm sure some of this is getting their attention. Let's hope. Right, let's hope. But I wanted to just bring that into the discussion. Because if they're not awake now, they should be. They should be awake. All right, I'm going to play you a clip here. This is a, a couple of different people sent this to me. And uh, I think uh, this was sent to me by Mishi. Okay, so let's, uh, I got this fired up. This is a, a boots on the ground clip from California with these, uh, with these rail cars. I guess that's them in the background. Um, let's hear what this woman has to say. And Hey everybody, this is Dollarnson with the Alaska Patriot Network. I am visiting California and I am here with one of the local ranchers and I was brought out to this field in Stanislaw County, California. And this is the center of like the heartland of the, the nut industry, the almond industry, the pecan, or not pecans, I'm sorry, almond, walnut, uh, cattle, uh, there's not a lot out here, folks. And yesterday we were at a gathering and we were alerted by another rancher that 
the railroad company, some company they, that nobody knows which company this is, has brought in hundreds of these railroad cars. And you can just see the line of them here. Let me see, make sure I'm getting it in the shot, sorry. Getting this in the shot. Now, it, on, the, on the cars, they say liquid, odorless liquid petroleum gas. Now, they are loaded, the, the, they're riding low on their axles. They're double and triple deep on the switchback. And, and this is important because these ranchers, this is unprecedented in this area. No, none of them, they're like, what the hell is this? Why are they bringing this into the, you know, heart of nowhere? I mean, unless you own land here or you're in the know-how, you don't know that this is, this is here right now. And like I said, this is just the end of this line. I'll make sure I'm getting these cars in here. And it goes on for miles. There's hundreds of these cars filled with an unknown liquid in the middle. Now, what's significant about this is just over, you know, a few miles over is the main water pipeline that goes into San Francisco. This also abuts two important uh, in agricultural uh, rivers that feed this agricultural valley. So we don't quite know what's going on here. And it was the talk of the valley yesterday. I'm, I'm just visiting from Alaska. So I did ask one of the ranchers to bring me out Nice chemtrail sky there too, by the way. So the uh, water source she's referring to is called Hetch Hetchy, which supplies water to the San Francisco Bay Area. It's huge. It's a huge, huge water source. Um, I guess they could call that sketch sketchy. Like that is totally sketch sketchy. I wonder what's going to happen now. I mean... This is out. People are talking about it. What's going to happen with those cars? What, what, you know, what are the, why are they there? I mean, let's take the tinfoil hat off for a moment. Just for a moment. We'll take the tinfoil hat off. Maybe they're there because, you know, they have all this extra petroleum that they need to do something with and they have no space for it. So they're just waiting for uh, the choo-choo to show up, link up with it, and bring it to um, the appropriate destination so the rest of us can have that good, rich petroleum, gasoline, and put it in our engines and move about our day. Maybe they have our best interest at heart, and they just don't have any place to put it for now. That's possible. That's the best possibility. But they're unmarked. There's no markings on any of the car, except for, I think, whatever it is that is um, describing what's in the contents of the, of, the, of the tanks. But nobody knows how they got there. There's no, it's not associated with any railway. So, you know, that would, that would be a, Cause for concern. So if that's not the case, if they're not using that precious land, walnuts, almonds, I think pistachios as well, if I'm not mistaken, cattle, 
they're not using it uh, to store in an area where things could go wrong, then then what's the what's the answer to that question as to why it's there? It's pretty to me. It, it's 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 pretty uh, pretty digital, right? It's either a zero or a one. It's either there because they have to store it there and ultimately they're going to get it to a place where people can use it. Or the other part of the digital equation, the binary equation, is that it's not there for that reason. And based on everything we've been seeing lately, why wouldn't people have those thoughts? I think the uh, piece that's a little more difficult is they can't find out why. Nobody knows, right? Nobody knows why it's there. There's no accountability. So now we're left to ponder and ask these, uh, you know, these existential questions, and which, you know, stoke the fires of our paranoia. And, and why wouldn't it? We just had another uh, accident, quote unquote, accident at an iron processing plant not far from East Palestine. And I haven't even gone through the headlines of the day to see what other um, potential catastrophes are in the waiting. Let's just do a quick scan of the headlines here and see what we have. Uh, let's see who else, what else, what else, what else, what else? Let's see. Oh, for you country Western fans, Kelly Pickler's husband, Kyle Jacobs, dead after apparent suicide at age 49. I'm not a huge country Western person. Um, what else? The uh, SCOTUS denied the Brunson case again in case you're keeping score at home. I'm just going through some of these headlines, see if we can find any other disasters that have happened. Mm. I think we might be up to date on the disaster front. For now, for now. Oh, this is interesting. Uh, Meghan Markle, it's a little off topic, um, has hired some lawyers. Apparently, the South Park guys completely clowned Meghan Markle and Harry. And she's hired some lawyers to go after them. 
what defamation is that it let me just check this hold on Hello, welcome back. What is this guy? Yeah, I think it's a defamation. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. Biden, conspicuously absent, hanging out with Zelensky, green screen or not, but the, you know, the picture is there, the image is there. Growing up, bodying up, you know, how much of uh, Biden's allegiance to Zelensky has to do with things like extortion and blackmail? I mean, because think of it, you know, there's all this evidence that he and, and Hunter were involved in a lot of shit in Ukraine. And there, there are people who believe, and, and I don't think it's that far of a stretch, who believe that Ukraine has become one of the main hubs of money laundering, um, anything illicit, trafficking. Like, Ukraine is the place. Like, once they dislodged it from the Russians in 2014, that became their new hub to do a lot of this stuff. And I remember maybe we're a month, maybe about a month and a half into this whole Ukraine, Russia thing. And um, they found all these bioweapon labs that were also in Ukraine. That was that interesting. So Ukraine became like this criminal outpost exactly what 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 it became and so when you look at the administration that was involved with that that was the obama administration and biden was involved and hillary clinton may have been involved earlier even though she was only there i think for i think she was there for only half of she was there for libya once she got her libya on she was gone i think for the most part um but yeah they transitioned that government, right? They transitioned it. They had a coup. It was one of their color revolutions. And I think you could probably make a case that um, since then, they decided to turn it into a, a, a place where money is laundered and crime and corruption. I mean, even look at FTX. I mean, FTX was deep into the Ukrainian mix. Huge. Figuring out ways to send Zelensky money and have Zelensky launder. I mean, this thing is deep with Ukraine. It's really deep. And so Biden is there. Surprise visit. You know, if Putin was such a bad guy, whoever he is, and I, I'm not a huge, I'm not, you know, waving a Putin flag and I'm, and I'm not demonizing it, it I, you know, but if he was really a bad dude, if he was really as evil as people said he is, well, first of all, he would have fucking blown the shit out of um, everybody that was at Davos. That would have been a game changer. 
you, you just take out the, the, the brain trust. You fire a hypersonic missile at Davos and it's game on, right? And if he was a real prick, you know, he would have figured out that Biden was in theoretical Kiev and just fucking, you know, level the city, you know, problem solved. No, no Biden, right? I haven't seen evidence to any of those things. And I'm not saying that Putin, whoever, whatever Putin is, is some kind of saint. I don't, I don't believe that. But here's an opportunity. You can get rid of the brain trust right here. Although I wouldn't say he's the brain trust. You know, if he's there, if he's hugging it out, the whole thing is just bizarre. You got one guy who's clearly an actor, and then who who knows who's who's actually playing the role of Biden now or these days. I don't think it's really all that clear. Um, but the bigger issue is what's happening here, and we are under siege. And I think every person who has an investment in this country, right? If you have an investment in this country, and you may you may not like what I say, you may think that I'm a you know a paranoid, schizophrenic, fascistic freak. But if you like your water, if you like your almond milk, which comes mostly from California. If you like your plant-based diet, all of these things that we're experiencing are a threat to that. So here's what I suggest. I suggest that every single American that cares to the best of their ability be on the lookout for this shit. If you're in a rural area or you're in an area where something seems like it may not be right, if you're on a job site and something's amiss or all of a sudden you got new people showing up and you don't know who they are, you need to make that shit public. You know, we live in a period of time where everybody has this and it makes you a journalist. This makes you a journalist. This allows you to capture events just like that woman did. This is where we all need, and this is not violent, right? This is not like, you know, rising up in arms against the, the state. No, what you're doing is you're on the lookout for things that seem amiss about your everyday life, right? It's important. Very important. So from the casual observer to the everyday worker, you got you to gotta get your uh, high beams on here. Because that woman and those ranchers might have saved that entire area just by doing that, just by bringing attention to that event. They might have saved everything. So you don't have to raise an army. 
You don't have to raise a militia. All you got to do is pay attention, get your head out of your ass, pay attention, look around, risk that you might be, uh, be accused of being paranoid. And if something seems amiss, look at it, capture it. Now, of course, um, there's probably going to be incidents where they'll take advantage of that. See, you're paranoid. You think everything's happening. You think things are um, going off the rails, so to speak. You're wrong. Yeah, that can happen. Because we're in a game now. We're, we're, in, a, we're in an adjustment game. Um, somebody found a pipe bomb in Philadelphia. You know, a PVC. I mean, who knows what PVC pipe bombs? Apparently, I have no experience in this world, by the way. But apparently, they're not that effective. But somebody found one. What does that mean, right? Was that planted there? Was it supposed to be found? Or did somebody actually find the damn thing? It's like avert another um, potential disaster. I don't know the answer to that, but something happened. It was revealed. So now we have to play the role of uh, being wide awake in looking around and seeing what's happening out there. And if you have the ability to capture something, do it. We'll have to sift through a bunch of shit because sometimes people will plan stuff, again, that is completely false and erroneous. And that's the kind of the, the dilemma of where we are now. You know, we get into the uh, cry wolf syndrome or the sky is falling syndrome. And a lot of that is used to discredit people. Don't, you know, just don't be afraid. If you see something, what's the word? Say something. See something, say something. Those words can be never truer than they are right now. All right. That's it for today. Um, thanks for being here. Tomorrow, again, you know, as, as long as there's not anything that's uh, grabbing my immediate attention, we're going to spend the next couple of days going down a rabbit hole and it's going to deal with what's called the donut economy. And I'm going to try to um, connect some dots and uh, show you where it comes from. Um, and some of the things that are connected to it uh, that are related to social engineering and programming. So I promise you, you'll learn something. At the very least, you'll learn something tomorrow and Thursday. All right. Use your head in order to discern what's real, your heart to step on what's possible. I'm Robert Phoenix. Thank you for being here. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Uh, we'll be back here again at 9-11 tomorrow, 8 a.m. for Astro Weather over on YouTube. Take care. Bye for now.